0: Hey, you guys, welcome to my podcast. My name is Kat and I'm a PA and content creator obsessed with connecting with like-minded people about all things PA, adulting, and everything in between. On this podcast, we'll talk about tools to find success in your career and how to cultivate joy in your everyday. I'm so excited to have you here along for the ride. So let's freaking do this. Happy Monday, you guys. I have a short and sweet episode coming up here all about paying off debt versus investing, courtesy of my husband, Chris, who put together this little Investing in Our Future presentation last week, which you may have caught snippets of on our stories. He did cite the White Co-Investor several times in his presentation, so I'm going to leave his link here in the description since there's a lot of credit to here. But I also mentioned several of the other resources I've used this past year to kind of create this little basic intro for investing first, paying off your debt. I also want to invite you to listen to our other financial episode with Kristen Burton at Strive with Kristen. She paid off like $160,000 of student debt in like 16 months. She's amazing and so inspirational. And we spoke a lot about some similar topics that we're going to touch upon today. So definitely listen to that episode. It's a really good episode and probably my most listened to episode I had so far. So this is just a basic intro. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get started. The first thing you have to think about is what is your mindset around debt? What is your attitude towards debt? Dave Ramsey, who you may have heard of, bases his entire debt-free journey motivation on the psychological component debt plays in our lives. And the White Co-Investor says the more you dislike being in debt, the more likely you're going to want to pay this off before investing. Now, I was very much in this world prior to this year, prior to looking more into this, prior to having conversations with my husband about what our debt looked like versus what our investment future could look like and so on. But I hate owing debts just as much as I hate owing favors, right? Now, it was probably silly of me to get into this high amount of debt anyways in the first place, but there is such a thing called good debt and bad debt. And this is also a concept further explained by Dave Ramsey. In my opinion, our personal investments in becoming a PA and my husband as a doctor, right? These are good debts, that's our education. And while education can and most oftentimes be good debt, that's not always the case, but definitely a topic for another day. Massive amounts of credit card debt, probably not good debt. Financing a brand new car, probably not good debt with the depreciation values. But my point is, you have to decide for you how much of a weight debt carries in your life. After speaking with Kristen Burton on here, dare I say, listening to my husband's financial presentation, don't tell him I said that, and just doing my own studying on the matter, I'm learning I might be able to let go of that emotional harness being in debt right now has on me so that I can reach financial freedom and independence sooner, which might not make sense when you first say it like that, but it will make sense as we talk more in our episode today. But these two things are very different, right? Financial freedom to me, that's debt-free freedom. Our debt freedom, right? That's paying off our debts. But financial independence is all about investing and being able to generally enjoy financial freedom without the worry of the next paycheck or whatever that might be. So back to the attitude of debt. You have to decide consciously for you what matters most to you, right? You have to acknowledge first, do you have a problem with debt in the first place, like your mindset around it, your psychological knacks for getting into debt, you know, do you have massive amounts of credit card debt? Is there something psychologically that you need to work on? If you do, then picking up a Dave Ramsey book might be a really great first step for you. And that's totally okay, because we've all been there but maybe you have to acknowledge, okay, I need to pay all of this debt off and be debt-free before I can think of investing and accept the risk of that less time in the market, right? Time in the market is what matters. So maybe that's what you need to feel on board with investing. And that's also okay, because that's kind of where I was up until this year. There's a weight that debt carries, right? But there's a lot of potential for greater cash flow if you're willing to carry the debt longer. But of course, that's going to depend on so many factors. But simply put, a lot of it depends on the interest rate of your debt versus your potential earnings from your investment. So we'll talk about that very much on a basic scale going forward in this episode. Let's briefly talk about the interest rate of debt versus investing. Let's say you have federal student loans averaging like 7% or private loans at 10% and investing while well not always guaranteed, maybe averages like 8% it probably makes sense to pay off your debt first. If you're banking on making 10% from your investments and you've refinanced your student loans to like under 3%, well then maybe it makes sense to carry your debt so that you can earn more on your investments. Don't forget, though, investment returns are post-tax, expenses, fees, whatever it is required for you to obtain a return from these. But if this is essentially a wash compared to your debt, then the burden of carrying the debt may not be worth it. I also want to bring up one point here. Your level of wealth matters, and this is something the white coat investor alludes to. Right now in our career, we don't have a high level of wealth compared to our debts. For us personally, we shouldn't be running to pay off our mortgage, right? It's at like 2%. For professionals further down their career, who are maybe a few months to years from financial independence, And by years, I mean like a couple years. Yes, maybe it makes sense to pay off a small remaining amount of debt, like a 1.8% car loan or mortgage or whatever it might be. But okay, let's say that you want to invest while you still have student debt. When should you invest, right? My answer is, and the answer I've always gotten from many of my colleagues is yesterday, right? Time in the market matters more than market timing. I will say though, the ultimate sweet spot is investing when the market drops and withdrawing when the market is high. But For simplicity's sake, we're gonna say at the very surface level, I'm just gonna assume you're investing in long-term index funds that average around 8% for returns. So those are ones you're gonna invest in and not touch for many, 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 many years. Now that we've established that we still have debt, but we want to start investing, and that we should invest sooner rather than later because, again, time in the market matters more than timing the market. Let's talk about the top three steps in chronological order you should take to start reaching your financial freedom and independence goals. Literally every resource I've read on the matter, every trusted colleague I've spoken to, in addition to Kristen Burton, our financial coach, also PA Rockstar, who was on this podcast about a month ago, and the White Coat Investor says the same thing when it comes to these three steps. Step one, get your employer match. This is literally free money. So yes, it's for retirement and you pay a big penalty for accessing it earlier than the allotted age, so don't touch it, but if you get a match, take it. Basically how this works is you put in a little money from your paycheck, every paycheck to your retirement, and your employer does the same up to a certain percentage. So my recommendation is if you're still in massive amounts of debt, And you still want to contribute to your 401k or whatever plan you have with your employer and your employer matches, contribute up to the match. For example, you contribute 3% from your paycheck and so does your employer. Example, for simplicity's sake, with real numbers, your check is $1,000 and you contribute 3%, which is $30, and so does your employer. You keep doing that with every paycheck, that's gonna build over time. So I definitely recommend doing this, and everyone I've spoken to agrees with the same concept. Step two, pay off high interest debt, meaning 8% or more. Remember how we were talking about how 8% investment returns can see high revenue later on down the road? The same applies to debt that carries 8% interest. Paying off your high interest rate debt is also an investment, kind of like working backwards, right? Because most of us are young professionals or students, some of you may also have student loans with interest rates near 8% like I did. And those were federal, right? And some of you might have private loans, which are even higher. But I highly, highly recommend looking into refinancing options, whether you have private or federal loans. For those federal loan carriers, don't forget repayment continues in February this upcoming year. So consider taking a look into refinancing options as we approach the new year. Step three, max out retirement accounts. This includes Roth IRAs, which you can contribute up to $6,000 per year if you're under the age of 50, your 401k, which for 2021, the contribution limit is $19,500 if you're under the age of 50, and an HSA account, which I believe is $3,600 per individual per year. But remember, this only applies to certain healthcare plans, including high deductible plans. And this is just to name a few of the retirement accounts. I am not saying that we've done all this because we most certainly have not right now we are at the Roth stage and our employer match since we have so much debt but we actually just started looking more into HSAs and have learned the tax benefits of them so definitely don't feel discouraged or behind the ball if this is the first time you're hearing some of these terms too this isn't exactly the high school curriculum we learned but honestly really needed to know like 10 years ago okay so that covers our top three steps These are the basic first steps to investing while you have debt. And I forgot to mention something really important that Chris and I discussed in depth the other day along with this presentation, and that's the importance of an emergency fund and budgeting before you even address where you allocate any extra funds, if you can at all. For reference, an emergency fund can be a pocket of funds that cover expenses for three to six months if something devastating were to happen to your income. An option is to put this into a high yield savings account so it grows while it sits and hopefully you don't have to use it. That about wraps up our episode today. I hope that this was helpful. I know it was short, but I hope it was sweet. I hope it was educational, informative. If this was, please let me know in the reviews or share this podcast on Instagram and tag me. A few resources I've used this past year and some of who were mentioned here today include the White Coat Investor, Travis at Student Loan Planner. I really love getting emails from him. I think he sends them out like every week or two, but they're really, really helpful. Dave Ramsey, Strive with Kristen, Trading Secrets Podcast, which I've really been into lately, as well as the book, The Simple Path to Wealth. And of course, I will make sure to add all of these in the description box. But until next time, you guys, I hope you have a great safe day.